Jesus is alive. Amen. John chapter 19. We're going to begin reading at verse number uh, 25. And now, and now there stood by the cross Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas. You know, that Mary and Cleopas that Jesus showed himself to on the road to Emmaus. And Mary Magdalene, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, that would be John, he, he saith unto his mother, Mother, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her unto his home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that's a good place for an amen, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop, the same hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When, verse 30, and when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. I'm glad he was done with everything right then. Amen. All of our sin and debt was paid at that moment. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. If you go with me real quickly to jump over to uh, Matthew 28, 1 through 6. I don't want to leave you at the cross because today's Easter. Amen. So it looked pretty grim. It looked pretty bad. It looked like a severe loss had happened. But then you get to the resurrection part where God came up out of the grave. And I'm really glad that I can tell you today I know the rest of the story. Amen. I like the Paul Harvey version where I can celebrate that I don't have to just stare at a cross that took my Savior. But I can know that he came out of a grave. Amen, somebody. In verse number 1 through 6, I'm not going to read all of them. I just want to jump down to verse 5 if you could help me media team and the angel answered and said unto the woman fear not ye for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified he's not denying the angels not denying it he was crucified but he is not here for he is risen as he said, amen, he said he's going to do it. He always does what he says. He keeps his promises. Come see the place where the Lord lay. He didn't deny it. He didn't say that he wasn't there. In fact, he said, come look at what happened. But I just want you to know he's not there anymore. He's risen. Amen, somebody. And then the last jump for us is Revelation 1 and 12. I know you're standing. It's okay. It's all right. We're going to sit and eat, and you'll be happy you stood during the scripture reading. Revelations 1, 12 through 18, it says, And I turned and seen a voice spake unto me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Everyone say, that's Jesus. Clothed in a garment, down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool. His white eyes were as flames of fire. His feet were as brass as the burns in the furnace. And his, I tried to memorize it. Am I doing okay? <laughs> and when I saw him, let's go to 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And here's the important part. And have the keys of hell and of death. Amen. Have the keys of hell and death. We live and we die. He died and lives. Amen. I'm so grateful I serve a living Savior. Let's love him one more time as we go. To the
name, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I, I don't know if you remember as far back as I do. I'm sure you do. But when you were a little kid outside building roads in the dirt that go nowhere with your Hot Wheels, anybody ever do that? I had a neighbor that invited me over and they had a lot next to their house that hadn't been built on yet and it was a dirt building paradise. We built bike tracks, we built Tonka truck tracks, we built all kinds of stuff. And we had a good time and I, I kind of got excited about doing that so I started building stuff at my own house. And the agony of the, for the child is when mother comes out the front door or the back door and said, you've got to come in, it's time to come home. And every, every child knows and every person has done this. They've always said, just a minute. I just want one more minute of playing and enjoying and doing. And so we have this understanding that time rushes by and we are not in control of time. But there are things that we enjoy so much that we ask, we just want, can I just have one more minute? In this story I read to you in John where Jesus is on the cross, he looks down and he sees his mother and he sees that she needs to be cared for and she needs to come in, in those days, she needed to be in, in the home of established place where she was protected and cared for as a woman. So in their culture, the way things were set up, he knew that she was going to need a provider in that particular situation. And now we see a Jesus suffering immensely on a cross. He, he, he is so beaten and bruised and yet he's concerned about his mother in front of him hello somebody sometimes I have a hard time thinking of people when I'm having a good time let alone thinking of people when I'm having a bad time can I be honest oftentimes we're just thinking of ourselves. but look at Jesus barely alive and he looks down and he says I care more about her situation than I care about what I'm doing right here because this is the will that I am fulfilling this is what I came to do I came for this cross and you know what? It's going to affect her. And I'm sure she's there right now in agony. Think about her position, looking up at her son, the one that she loved, and just asking heaven for just a one more minute. Could I just have another chance with Jesus? Could I just have my son one more time? Consider the agony of that loss. And John, who made his way, the beloved, to the cross because he loved Jesus so much. So Jesus says, John, behold your mother. And mother, behold your son. In other words, I'm not going to be here anymore but you're going to have a new son. It's going to be John. He's going to protect you. You're going to be taking him to his house. He's going to care for you. And Jesus made sure she was cared for, even though I believe she was in agony and she was in the greatest moment of loss in her life. Someone said amen, if you can see that. And so we understand that she was asking maybe in her heart for just another way. Maybe it could be different. Maybe they could bring him down and he could survive. But what she didn't know is everything going on in his body, his, his kidneys and everything had begun to shut down. His heart was in hemostasis and there was all kinds of things going on. His pericardial sac in his chest had filled with fluid and now it was even impossible for his heart to beat because there was so much fluid in his pericardial sac. And Jesus was literally dying on the cross he died because not because they broke his legs like they did for so many it was a gruesome death if you were to look at it the way that anyone else would die but this prophecy said there would be no bones broken in his body so when they came to him to break his legs so, so as a mercy act so that he would die quicker they found out he was already dead and when they pierced his side blood and water flowed because his heart had literally ruptured Jesus didn't die because they put him on the cross Jesus died 
inside of a broken heart because he loved us so much. He wanted us back. He did not want heaven without us. And I'm grateful today that I know a love like that in my life. That I know a God that loves that much. That he gave his life on that cross. And the only thing left is the garments that he wore because he got up out of that grave. Amen, somebody. God is love. 1 John 4 and 8 tells us that. It defines God as a character trait. It says God is love. In other words, God is agape, is the original Greek word. So in other words, love is alive. Amen, everybody. God has done the greatest act of kindness and mercy and love and grace by coming and dying for me. I'm grateful that he paid the price because when it says that God is love, it tells me in other places in scripture that the greatest of these is love. It says that hope, faith, hope, and love abides, amen. But the greatest of these is charity or love. I'm grateful that I know that faith needs a place to live, amen. I'm grateful that I know that hope needs a home, amen. And I'm grateful that I know that love cannot be destroyed by a cross or killed by man's hands or stabbed or the spear in his side. What happened was when they punctured his side, blood and water flowed. And it was symbolic of baptism and symbolic of the blood that covers us. I'm grateful that he died for me because now I know that sin is conquered. Death is overcome and Jesus is alive. Amen. And I know that love is alive in my heart because every time something tried to die out in my life, when I handed it to Jesus, he infused something into it that brought it back to life. Amen. Devil didn't even know. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 8 that the rulers, had they known, they wouldn't have crucified him. Had they known what was going on, that the greatest love of all kind, of any kind, had ever, that had ever been known to man had come and died on the cross for all of us, they would have never crucified him. So it says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Someone say, Lord of glory with me. He's the Lord of glory, amen. And so what happens is he, he divested himself of glory. How is it possible that we could even need such a great thing? Well, because of course, God wants us to choose him, amen. I rejoice in that choice, amen. That's my favorite saying right now, that I rejoice in the ability to choose God. But free will, brothers and sisters, is a very costly thing. It says free will, but it's expensive, amen. It's the fact that we know that, that free will put a tree in a garden in Eden, in Eden and gave Adam and Eve the chance to choose God or choose to eat of the fruit that God told them not to eat of. And in that disobedience, we fell. But thank God, he stretched open his hands and he broke our fall, amen. Thank God he took my nails so I didn't have to. Thank God he's a loving Savior who divested himself of glory and came down to be the Lord of glory. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so grateful that I know that he chose to let us choose. Amen. The power of choice is so amazing. You can choose him or you can choose to not follow him. But that power will give you life or it can give you things that you wish you would have never done. The weight, the weight of choosing Jesus Christ and living for him is so much lighter than choosing to go your own way and live under the ton and crushing weight of regrets. I promise you the most peaceful and joyous life you'll ever have is one with the love of Jesus Christ in it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Why would God give such a chance? Because he wanted us to choose him. The only way to know if we loved him and chose him is if we had the choice not to. Amen. 
so he chose him and he made himself the bible says a way to bring us back to him even though we fell i'm grateful for that philippians 2 and 7 we see in the scripture it says this amazing statement but made himself this this is referring to jesus right right here it says but made himself of no reputation it took upon him the form of a servant and made himself in the likeness of a man in other words what happens in antiquity whenever kings would get so disconnected from their kingdom they would actually take a segment of time and they would tell all of their court you're going to run everything Thing for me while I'm gone and in my absence I'm going to divest myself of all my kingly honor all my kingly authority and all my kingly garments and I'm going to put on the garments of a regular man and they would go and live inside their kingdom and live inside their city or their town and they would live there to see how the normal man lived or the commoner lived or the everyday man or woman lived so that the king would understand what the people need from the king amen so what he would do was literally a king would divest himself or make himself of no reputation and that's what Jesus did for us the God of glory the God of all heaven and earth the God who changes universes and changes galaxies the Bible says as a man changes his vesture he literally takes off galaxies and puts new ones on that's how awesome our God is and this God who is full of glory who has angels that never cease to sing holy holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is is and is to come they they sing forever around the throne he said I will leave all this if I can just get back that I will take all this off I will divest myself of all my authority and I will come and make myself of no reputation and walk among my creation what a God so many men want to be God but only one God wanted to be man and I'm grateful for that God who doesn't want heaven without us amen what a love have you ever seen anybody sacrifice before for you have you ever seen a man give something or someone else give something show up at your house help you move do something for you you weren't expecting have you ever felt something come up in your heart and go they didn't have to do that they took time out of their schedule that was very kind of them and you felt appreciation for that guess what there's a God who left everything for you he gave it all for you. He laid it all on the line for you. And when he shed his drops of blood and when he spilt out himself, he took on the keys of death, hell in the grave. I celebrate this morning because the devil doesn't have the keys to his own house. The devil doesn't even own the keys to his own house. Amen. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he got up to tell us that he's not some religious idea. He's not some philosophy. He's not some, some concept of man. But he is God in Christ. The mighty God in Christ Jesus who came and died for us. And when he was called the Son of God, they were saying he is the flesh of God. They didn't have any concept of some other person. They only had a concept of God Almighty and if God is going to come and make himself a body, then it would have to be the son of God because he was born of a woman. And because he was born of a woman, he had legal right to be in this earth and had legal right to die for my sins. And unless he came through the womb of a woman, he would have been here prematurely and unfortunately, it would not have taken. It would not have been a, a death that would have bought me back. But because he was born and he lived and he grew and he worked with that 
wood and he handled those nails that he knew would someday form cross members and those nails would someday hold him even though he grew up as a carpenter under his father Joseph he knew that that wood one day would be the tree that he would hang on and that tree would buy my freedom I'm grateful for a love like that so Jesus loved me enough to pull me out John 4 talks about it in verse 4 and 8 says that God is love we hit that number 5 1 Corinthians 2 and 8 says that he's rulers didn't know number 6 Philippians 2 and 7 said that he made himself of no reputation why did he do all that so he could get a hold of the keys of death hell and the grave amen and those keys showed up someplace else I just want you to know where they showed up number eight that I want to tell you and I'm moving as fast as I can go I promise you preachers are long-winded but I'm moving as fast as I can go Peter is asked the question by Jesus and he's asked that question in Matthew 18 and 18 and 19 no I'm sorry let me get there it's actually Matthew 16 and 13 he says to his disciples who do men say that I am good question who do you think I am I don't need to know who the world thinks I am Jesus said I need to know who you think I am because you're going to carry the keys of the kingdom you're going to have the ability to unlock things and to close things amen in the spiritual world you're going to have some keys in your hands amen we'll get to that in just a second him as Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi he asked the disciples saying whom do men say that I am next verse for me would you and the next verse it says and the next verse it says and the next verse it wow I love this thing me and the projector we always get along and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist some Elias and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets if you go to the next verse if you can if if you can help me out yes awesome he said unto them I was having anxiety there for a minute didn't know if it would play along he said unto them but whom say ye that I am I want to know who you say that I am and Peter says Peter the outspoken one answers first he always does he always likes to talk because he's so flamboyant thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus says flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you but my father which is in heaven and I want you to know that what he was referring to was a revelation that Jesus was God in flesh amen and that that wasn't that wasn't just something that Peter could dream up that was something that Peter got from God and when he got it from God Jesus then go ahead go ahead to the next verse says this to him he said and I say unto thee thou art Peter and upon this rock what rock was he talking about the revelation was the rock amen that God God came in flesh to die for us that God who we had problems with the God who we fell from the God who we had caused a, dif a difference and a, and a gap between and separated us by sin Jesus had to be God in flesh or else he couldn't give us back to God Almighty there's no way that there could be a God other than him and there is no way that there was a revelation that could come to Peter other than God given so he said on that revelation Peter I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it anybody know what opens gates amen there are some keys that he had and so he said the gates of hell cannot be prevail against it. and I will give unto thee the keys 
of heaven. What's it say? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. He promised Peter that he was going to give him the keys. Amen. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus dies. He's risen. He has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He promises Peter on the revelation of knowing who I am, I'm going to give you those keys. So let's find out where those keys end up real quick. You want to, you want to go with me? Is that all right? You want to know where these keys ended up? Look at this. Look at this. Peter uses the keys in Acts chapter 2. They're saying, men and brethren, what shall we do? We don't know what we're going to do. We know we, we crucified the Lord and Savior. And so Peter sa stands up and says these words in verse 39, if I can see it here. Yes, perfect. He says, they said, men and brethren, what, what shall we do? And then Peter says in this in verse 37, he says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Sorry, I hit that again, but it's okay. 38, then Peter said unto them, repent. There's one key. Amen. And be baptized. There's another key. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. There's the other key. And God gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. Amen. So guess what happens? Jump on over with me to, where, where's my nine? Uh-oh, there's my nine. Jump on over to me, with me, to Matthew 18 and 19. Watch this. Watch this. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two... If, if two of you shall agree on the earth as touching anything, they shall ask, and it shall, and it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Guess what he was saying? Now, I know that's Matthew, and I know we went from Acts to Matthew, and I understand what's going on there. But he said that I gave the keys to Peter that I purchased on the cross, and Peter gave them to the church in the book of Acts when the Holy Ghost was poured out. So the church, I don't know about you, but binding and loosing sounds to me like putting a key in a lock. Does that not sound like opening a door to you? Is that okay if I take a little bit of, of, I don't know, a little bit of liberty right there? And again, I say to you, if two shall agree, go back to the other verse if you would. He said, you have the opportunity to bind on earth things that will be bound in heaven and to loose on earth things that will be loosed in heaven. In other words, the church has the keys to the kingdom in it. And if a church has God's love, and if there's ever a possibility for anybody to be saved, I want you to know that we have the keys and we need to share the gospel message because love is alive in the church because we have the keys to the kingdom and we have the ability to speak to people. He said, repent. That's one key. That means turn around, go the other direction. Go toward God when you may have been walking away from God. Repentance brings forgiveness, amen? Aren't you glad we're forgiven by God? He said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Peter put the lock in the door of baptism, opened it and said, if you need remission of sin, this is the way that you gotta go. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Put the name of, on your life. Put the blood on your life and stamp yourself with his name. And then he said, there's one more door that I wanna open for you and be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I don't know about you, but I come from a long history of people that know what it is to celebrate God and to know what it is to live in the love of God. And there's nothing more beautiful and nothing more loving than watching someone get filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's nothing more powerful than the changed life it becomes when God steps in 
And when we share with them the keys to the kingdom, it's good to have the application. But if we don't apply it, God help us if we don't have a church that's powerful and lit and on fire for God. I don't mean the lit like the world means the lit. I mean the lit like full of the Holy Ghost, the new wine, amen? The Holy Ghost joy of God that says, hey, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background, no matter what your pedigree is, Jesus did it all. He bought our salvation. And here is the way of grace. This is how we know love is alive because the keys he got are in the church today. The power of God can move so strongly in a service that you can't even preach. You can't even minister in music. You can't even do anything because you can be so overwhelmed by the love of God. It's okay. It's okay in those moments to just fall under his presence and to just live in his glory and to walk in God and just say, I'm just a man, but you are a God of glory and I'll let you be the Lord of glory right now. I don't have to control this moment. I don't have to know what comes next. I just step into his presence and begin to worship him and know that his love is alive forevermore in me. Amen. Amen. The tomb is empty. Resurrection and life has come. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. What about those that stand at the grave and say, if only I had one more minute? What about those that stand and in moments of regret and say, if I only had that minute back, guess what? Jesus bought you a minute. Jesus purchased you another chance. Jesus gave you the ability to go back to zero and say, I, I may not be able to change what I have. I may not even be able to see the glass only half, half empty. I may only be able to see what I lost in life. But from this moment forward, this is ground zero for me. This is where love showed up. This is where love bought my return. This is where love bought my redemption. This is where everything changes for the better. I can't take away the hurts and pains. I can't take away the moments in your life where you wish you had one more moment. I know praying over my grandmother's bed, I tell the story all the time. She was praying. She was not even receptive to anybody, but we began to sing worship songs, and she began to live on that stream of that song and she began to become mobile and I went over and I prayed for her and I didn't know what she was saying but I said grandma go on ahead and go home to grandpa go on ahead and go home to heaven I know there's a better place waiting we're going to keep on preaching the gospel you got grandsons that are going to carry the word on because this love is not dying with you this love lives for every generation to have access to every generation can know what it's like to feel the love of God. And as she laid there, speaking in tongues, worshiping her God, I just remember the moment where I go, I don't have to wish for another moment with her because there's a day coming where there's a place prepared for all of us where if we apply the keys to the kingdom, we're going to have a heavenly home, amen? Those keys of the kingdom are the unlock to your mansion in heaven. They open the door to your place of eternity. And guess what? I'm okay with giving God my lifetime because he gave me his eternity, amen? I'm so grateful. Would you stand with me? as we celebrate our risen Lord today. Come on, let's worship God together.
if you're open to lifting your hands would you do it with me give him your moment give him whatever struggle give him whatever thing you wish you could get back let him bury that under his grace bury that under his love come on lift your hands right now would you put in your mind something that took everything that you had to get through would you put in your mind something that you want to give to the Lord today on this Easter Sunday we have the keys that separate us that gives us hope that gives us life that gives us opportunity to rebuild to rebuild again and to start all over I can't give you back what you lost but I can give you Jesus and he can give you everything that was lost he could give it all to you brother Jesse he's got keys to the kingdom for you he's got opportunities for you he's got doors you can't open on your own but he can open them if you just take out your prayer if you just get full of God's spirit and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and start unlocking doors that no man can shut amen I believe God is here in this house and we're going to sing this song together but as we do would you just lift your hands and just worship the Lord with me and would you celebrate that love is alive today love is alive love is alive love is alive, love is alive. hallelujah hallelujah there's a peace I've come to know hallelujah Jesus though my heart and flesh may fail there's an the altar's open if you want to come. Don't let me keep you from a love that's alive. Don't let me keep you from a moment with God. If you're used to coming to an altar and praying, come. Come now, in fact. In fact, make yourself come. Just come down and celebrate God. Walk to an altar and lift your hands and say, Thank God that love didn't die with my parents. Thank God that love didn't die with that loss. Thank God that love didn't die with something that I felt I would never get back. Thank God for the things that that I can celebrate that he's brought to my life. This altar's open for whoever will. Love is here. Love is waiting. Love is alive. I will rise in him. Love lifted me. Oh, love lifted me. Love lifted me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that your love lifted me out of the places I was to the place where you wanted me to be.